Today's IoT revolution has put sensors in lots and lots, you know, billions of products. And that data to date has been used to monitor and alert, but not really to then use the data to put in the context of the whole life cycle of the product. Welcome to Uptech Report. This is our Applied Tech series. Uptech Report is sponsored by TerraLeap. Learn how to leverage the power of video at terraleap.io. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Ken Rapp, who's based in Massachusetts. He's the CEO at Bluestream. Welcome, Ken. Good to have you on. Thank you, Alex. Nice to be here. Now, Bluestream is an after-sale customer engagement platform. So from your website, if I understand correctly, you're focused on helping physical goods companies uh, build after-sale connections between their, their products and the end users. Um, this concept of, of, of where you play a role, I'm curious, can you help me understand the problem, like the, 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 the concern that, that these companies, these uh, uh, physical goods companies, they have a product, uh, what are they concerned about? What is the problem that they're facing that your product exists to solve? Awesome question. Thanks. Yeah, and, and let's just explain physical goods. So physical goods are anything from musical instruments to pets or a good, could be a physical good to, um, you know, RVs and boats and motorcycles. So that's what we mean by physical goods rather than software products. Um, and the problem, it's actually very interesting. The problem is that there's no relationship or very little relationship between a company or a brand, our favorite brands and their consumers after a sale. So there's been a lot of work done pre-sale in marketing automation and in uh, making sure that you manage the filling up your, your pipeline uh, with some campaigns as well as managing the pipeline through the stages. And then the order comes and we all do the salesman dance, you know, woohoo, we got our order. Uh, and then what happens is the consumer goes home or they, they have something delivered and they have their product. And the only time you tend to hear from them is if there's a problem. So the third place that there's a lot of great platforms are around, um, you know, inquiries or service type systems to have tickets. So you don't drop a ticket. But if you think about the, the relationship that the consumer has with their product, it's throughout an entire life cycle. A life cycle could be a month, a life cycle could be a hundred years in the case of some, uh, some, you know, musical instruments that are heirlooms and passed on. And along those, those life cycles of products, there's an opportunity to help companies connect with their customer around the engagement of the product. And, you know, that's really exciting for us that we're helping the industry to, to create those relationships around the product back to the brand. So you kind of lay the, the foundation here that there's lots of, of solutions out there for, for companies on the front end, the pipeline, get them in, get them in. How, how do I track them? Where, where are our leads? What are they doing? And then when they actually have a problem, there's lots of software solutions, but you're painting a picture of a gap in the middle. Like after they bought the product, how do they stay connected to the brand? Why, why would a company care about that section? Aren't, shouldn't they be have, happy to have the product and should, should they 
care or worry about them until they do have a problem? What's the role? What, what do you see as the, the need there? Lifetime value. So after a sale, if you don't know who your customer is, then you clearly as a brand could lose them to competition. And, you know, we call ourselves churn busters. Uh, you know, we really are, are, are in, the, in business to help companies connect with their customers to create a lifetime relationship. And there's really three major benefits to the company. You know, the first one is that retention and reducing churn by helping their customer actually know something about their product that they need to do some action at exactly the right time. And, and the, it creates loyalty and trust between the company and that customer. And then that creates an opportunity when the customer should buy something, maybe it's an accessory or a consumable or another, uh, another bicycle, you know, they're right there with that brand. So it creates revenue. So first one's retention. I call it three R's, the retention, revenue. And the last one is referrals. You know, when, when, you're, when you have a brand that is connected to you, in a, in a virtual connection to provide coaching and value to you about their products, you tell your friends because, you know, wow, they're actually, they care about how you're enjoying that product experience. And who, so did that answer your question? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm curious who the ad, ad a company would be the one that would lead this type of effort? Is it marketing? Is it marketing. Yeah, marketing management, product management, Marketing communications, CMO, you know, the, that's with the CMO's focus of getting repeat to be able to, to get repeat business. You say the churn buster. And, and, and I, I often, as I am talking with SaaS companies, they always talk about churn, but because they don't want people to stop paying their monthly fees. Um, but in a product world, obviously, the point is you want them to keep buying more products, more solutions from the company. Right. It, 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 yeah. Well, it's a whole ecosystem. But yeah, if I'm a let's take an example of uh, a musical instrument. So I, I buy a guitar. I happen to play guitar. So I buy a guitar and I go home. I might have gone to a big retail store. And if I'm the retail store, when I go home, uh, actually, let me back up. If I went to that guitar store, big retailer, I might play a whole bunch of guitars. And then when I go home, what's the first thing I do? I Google it or I search you know, I look at Amazon and I find um, a million hits on that kind of guitar. So it's completely commoditized the world. Online buying has completely commoditized the world. So how do you compete in that environment if you're the brand that you really have the right fit for that consumer? It's, it's got to move to after the sale. So now I buy the guitar and I bring it home. And let's talk about what happens in that life cycle. I, we call we call it three stages. You have onboarding, which is when I unbox the instrument. I pick it up and start to tune it up. And boy, I don't know. Maybe I don't know how to tune it up. So maybe I should have a video right there and then on click here and we'll show you how to tune up the guitar, how to clean the guitar, how to hold the guitar. What kind of music do you like? Right. So that's all onboarding. Then the enjoying stage, stage two, enjoying and usage depends if I play a lot. Um, there'll be certain tips and coaching I'd like to have. And if I'm a classic rocker versus a jazz person, you know, they're, they're different tips. And so using a product throughout its life cycle 
and enjoying it. And maybe I, I want to play in a band or I want to jam with someone. Maybe So there's all sorts of what we call touch points around there. And then lastly, maintenance. So there's, there's always maintenance and care. Um, and, you know, be, being a guitar person, I actually don't really know how to adjust the truss rod and with different guitars, they're, they're different, the maintenance and the polish and what if it gets wet and, you know, how do I store it? If I'm not gonna play a guitar for a little while, you're supposed to loosen the strings and put it flat or do you, you can cause some problems for the neck and things. So there's this onboarding, enjoying and maintenance stages of a product. And if the company or the brand that I bought it from, whether it's the retailer or the brand itself, is connected to me and advising me and coaching me through that experience, I'm much more likely to look to them when it's time to buy more strings or to buy the maintenance kit or to seek out the right service provider to the luthier, they're called, to make the right adjustments on my musical instrument. And that this transfers to any, any product. So it could be a pet, it could be your RV, it could be your house. It, there's all around us, your first onboarding, then you're enjoying and usage, and then your maintenance. And I, just let me wrap it up with, you know, I, I, one connection point that when I talk to people and, and share what we're doing is your car. So when your car asks you to change the oil, you probably change the oil. Rather than if a campaign came to you with a coupon when you don't even know how many miles you rode because you know the car will take care of that. So this product centricity is really where we come from at Bluestream. We're all about product, the product perspective to the consumer from the brand, rather than just looking at the consumer to take an action about some task. And, and in the car example, when I first got my car, which was a few years ago, I, I, I thumbed through a hundred page manual and there was probably 25 touch points in there, um, maybe more, but I haven't looked at that manual since I put it back in the glove box and just drive my car. And so that's a lost opportunity for the car manufacturer or the service provider to be helping me understand what to look for, whether it's it's been there's been no rain for the past month and it's too dry, you should do something to the car. It's been raining for two weeks and you should do something to the car. You paint a picture um, that in the product world, consumer product world, is such a commoditized, I'll, I'll just find something, whatever's cheapest product out there. And you don't, we're not even choosing to say that the in-person, we, we may explore it in person, but we want to go online, just buy something. And so you're pontificating or rather stating that it's better place to market is the existing customers that once they come through by continuing to market them, because you're going to have a relationship with them. And that's where you really honed in on this customer marketing after the sale, post-sale. How, how does this solving this uh, then affect the average cus customer, like what the average consumer, if, if, if multiple brands all around us started doing this, how does this play out then? So if you think about your own world, you probably have a handful of products around you that are important to you. And that it would be nice if you got some tips. So we, we break down the, the uh, touch points into educational uh, tips alerts, like something you should be aware of is going to happen, and purchase recommendations, those three things. And we trigger off of either a time 
basis. So day one, trigger an educational video welcoming you to, you know, thanking you for buying that guitar and welcoming you to the guitar brand's family. Uh, it could be an inquiry where you say, uh, a trigger is, have you, have you ridden 10 miles on your new bicycle yet? And you say yes. And then from a product perspective, we're able to track at 100 miles. We're going to keep track for you. You rode 10 miles in two weeks. We'll give you, you know, in 20 weeks, we're going to come back and we're going to suggest to you, here's the maintenance to adjust the brakes and, you know, fix the handlebars and adjust your seat and make sure the tires are right. So it's educational. It's alerts. If there's a problem like, oh, if you're riding 10 miles a week or every two weeks, you likely want to have, uh, you want to check your, your air and your tires after you've gone about 50 miles. That's an alert. And then finally, purchase recommendations where, um, again, if it's 100 miles, the recommendation is, did you, do you know how to tune up the bicycle? Would you like to buy a little toolkit accessory that, you know, has the right tools in it to adjust the seat and the handlebars and the brakes? So we, we really look at um, engagement, product engagement as touch points, and it, it creates this great experience for the consumers. They just, as a consumer, wouldn't you love some, you know, someone to tell you in the fall, I, I live up here in New England, in the fall, it's, you know, the winter's coming. And so what do you do to your lawnmower to have it ready to winterize it and, and give me the education? Like, so I don't have to worry about it. Let it just show up and tell me what to do. Meanwhile, all summer, it was giving me tips about my lawn, you know, and telling me how to keep the lawnmower running well, how to keep my tractor, you know, the air and the tires properly, but also how to make my grass greener if I want it greener. Ken, why, why are you passionate about this? Why did you decide to, to, to start uh, Bluestream and do all this? So it, it's interesting. I'm an unmet needs kind of guy. So I, you know, I love to find unmet needs uh, that really bring value to consumers or to a business, particularly a business and their customer and marry the two, the unmet need with some innovation. And what's cool here is this is, this is not rocket science that we're doing. What we've done is we're applying modern cool technology that's available to us to a problem. I, ca I call that an application business rather than you know, uh, molecules or rocket science. So, you know, I found, so I, I play guitar and I, I was uh, volunteering my time up uh, at one of the local schools here in their entrepreneurial program. And um, one of my colleagues came and presented that his, his $2,000 guitar had cracked because of a very cold New England, cold, dry New England winter. And so um, I, I said, geez, why didn't the guitar actually tell him before there was a problem that there was going to be a problem? And he and I started chatting and then, you know, I met the rest of his team and off we, off we went. And, and then so Bluestream comes into to, to existence. Your, your focus on um, physical goods, I feel like a lot of this type of solution is on the software side already. It's like customer success teams exist. So once you're using the product, there's, there's already automated emails that come to you and training and onboarding. But in the physical goods, I think it's there. Like I, I buy stuff from Amazon and there's a little document and it takes me to a video over here. But it's not as 
organized. I, I, like I, I mean, I, you get a little bit. There's there's some onboard. There's some tutorials and trainings and here and here. But I guess you're trying to bring more organization to it more. And are you bringing tracking? Like, is that is that like another big piece? Sure. So let, let's start with the organization. So what's what's very interesting is most brands and companies already have the content on how to take care of and use and enjoy onboard, enjoy and maintain their products throughout the product lifecycle. But where is it? It's on their website. Mm-hmm. And so I, as a consumer or a customer of the product, have to remember to go Google it or go up to their website and, and find it when I think I need it after I've had a problem. So how are you communicating? Is it email, text, what? Yep. So to date, we've, we work with companies on our, our full stack, which would include um, white-labeled mobile apps that we'll work with companies on if they would like mobile apps um, or email or text if they just want to be connected through uh, you know, off-the-shelf standard email or text. And then we, I wanted to mention, because you, you sort of headed there, is that today's IoT revolution has put sensors in lots and lots, you know, billions of products. And that data to date has been used to monitor and alert, but not really to then use the data to put in the context of the whole life cycle of the product. So your example, right? So you you get home and you've got the, uh, the onboarding video and the, the pamphlet in the box and that's all cool, but then it stops and you start enjoying and using the product and you have to go find information to you know, get the most out of it and to stay engaged with it. And as I said earlier, you know, we're churn busters. I'm blown away by some of the metrics of churn in the world. You know, people buy products and then they they're not successful with them, um, lose interest, and then they end up in the scrap heap or um, you know they just don't use them. And so we really see ourselves helping someone who makes an investment you know, be able to get the most out of it and then continue to enjoy and, and use the product. This focus of, of, of churn busting, I mean, there's, there's again, on SaaS world, the software world, there's tons of stats that people track of how is the churn. Is that common in, in the product world? Do they track that type of statistic? Some do, uh, some don't, uh, but everybody knows that if you can retain a customer, Mm-hmm. and cross-sell and upsell and provide more value uh, through education and alerts, you have a much higher likelihood of that customer coming back. It's like repeat customers. I feel like they often is the common terminology. That's like, let's, we need to get more customers coming back. Um, but it's the same concept of churn as you want them to buy more of your products, not go somewhere else and buy other products. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you mentioned... Um, after a sale, that's what we're all about. And you have companies, even if they don't know what churn is, and we talk with them and begin to articulate the what's the value of retaining a customer. And you said something earlier that's pretty important. Um, today's behavior is pre-sale is, com- is, is completely commoditized. Just just go search on any product you want, whether it's a lawnmower or a, or a guitar, and you get millions of, of hits, right? So what happens is today's marketing dollars are being spent to remarket and resell to the, you may already have the customers 
they may already be your customers and you're still spending all that money up front to try and differentiate in this very difficult commoditized world. Imagine if you were connected to that customer, bringing them value, interacting with them, asking them, oh, so you've now hit 100 miles. How, how is the bicycle behaving for you? Or how is, you know, uh, Lucky the puppy doing? It's, it's going to rain on Saturday. Did you know that, you know, Lucky might be a little worried? Would you like to learn about what that, that puppies can be scared of thunder? And there's something called a thunder jacket. And, and we'll show you a little video about, you know, what a thunder jacket can do to calm down a puppy when there's going to be rain. And we do it by monitoring the weather for the weekend. And so this is technology that's available to us today. And yet it's not been applied to this after-sale product engagement opportunity. The shift in, in, in the, a marketer's mindset of where are they spending their dollars? I can imagine that is a problem. That is a concern of, okay, we're, we, only have, we have limited budget. Where are we going to put our effort and time? Um, and you make the point that you're, you're spending money on lead gen in, in, in whatever ad marketing, but you're really getting the same customers. So why don't you just shift it to truly focusing on, on your, your customers in this post-sale environment? Do you, do you foresee that it is going to become the norm then that, that, that every product company is just going to put more and more energy on that post-sale and reducing churn? I, I think you have to, I, I mean, that's our, our mission is to help every company have a new and meaningful relationship with their with their customer after the sale and it'll it'll transform it'll transform your business you can you know some of the stats are you know you can double your revenues in you know a few years by crushing churn by increasing LTV by improving retention and you know we're providing a platform that will allow anybody with a with a physical product to quickly set up a trigger, a, a, an educational tip, alert, or purchase recommendation, and the channel. You pick those three. The trigger might be time, you know, in, in 24 hours do this, and the content is the video that they already have on their website, and the channel might be a text. And then two weeks later, the trigger might be the weather. You know, if it's gonna be raining five days before it rains, you know, offer a video or a blog on what happens if your product gets wet and how to take care of it after it's wet. And then here's a, um, you know, the channel might be, we're gonna use email. So you, you, put those th we, you put those together and then load them into our cloud and our cloud will just take care of it for you. All these features where you're just talking about or, or, or connection points, is that something that, you're setting up for them? Are they going in, they see all their options and they're just connecting the dots? Is it custom built? Like what is the complexity when it comes to building these um, triggers? Great question. So the history of our company, we white glove service our customers all the way from IOT and sensors if they need them. And we have partners that we work with for that to mobile apps that are, you know, white labeled so that they can be branded for our customer or, or what they need, all the way up to the triggers, the content and the channels. And we work with our customers in the history of, the, history of Bluestream from end to end, full stack. But as we go forward, we've actually designed and are deploying in the second half this year, um, by end of year, uh, Touchwood is where, where we're headed, 
uh, for taking our cloud engine, the, the Touchpoint Manager, and enabling anyone to use uh, to use the cloud and the Touchpoint Manager uh, with time or increase to the consumer or you know scraping the web to understand if it's going to be the weather or some new important information that triggers the content they already have tied to email text or some other channel that they want what's the biggest objection you've seen uh, from others in regarding your technology for that adoption and and how are you addressing it yeah so the the biggest challenge i think we face is on us you know articulating the story as an earlier stage company is difficult and it takes iterations and conversations and um i think we've not been as clear as we are now about what it is that we're doing and the value we bring so i we've we've talked a lot with uh you know a few companies because we focus primarily on our the back wheel i call it the power the power wheel which is the product and the and the architecture and you know, today we have a, a, a million data points an hour coming up into our cloud and making decisions and recommending, you know, recommending the right, the right action at the right time to, to customers. Um, so for us, we focus there and now we're out and we're talking with people and we're getting much better at, at what, we're, what we're saying. So we really see ourselves as the marketing automation system for after sale focused on products, which is much I couldn't have said that to you three, four or five months ago, but that's from being out into the market. As soon as we say it, I'm blown away, Alex, by VPs of sales, VPs of marketing, CMOs. They're like, of course, we want to have a relationship with our customer after the sale. In fact, we only get south of 15 percent of a, of a card back, you know, registering the 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 product. And so we don't even know who the 15%, less than 15% of our consumers in the world, we have, we have their names or their emails or bring any value to them. And even worse is if you're a brand and you're working through a retail channel, so a bigger box store, which is changing as you, we talked about, you definitely don't have any connection until there's a problem and then they call you and they want it fixed. You know. You bring up a great point. So how are you addressing that issue then of if somebody buys one of your products somewhere, how do they get into the system? How how are you able to stay in touch with them? How are you addressing that? So a really, really important point you're making there that you, you have to let everybody opt out anytime they want to. Uh, but what we do is starting from the point of sale system, we offer up the first touch point. And it's either through the point of sale system or through their CRM of the brand we're working with. We'll offer up a thank you for the purchase. And here's what we're, you know, here's a touch point. Here's something we want to bring a value. Here's a video. Here's a little tip. And then, you know, opt out at the bottom. If they don't opt out, we go to the next one. And they, you know, they can opt out anytime. But see, we're really less about frequency and more about content, more about value. So you don't need to hear from... <laughs> We, we don't believe in hearing from a brand, you know, once a week. You, you should hear from a brand every day for the first 30 days if that's the right content to help that consumer through that specific product. And then it, it'll taper down and become more of the life cycle through enjoyment and usage. And then there's maintenance that'll run in the background. So we build this incredible trust um, because it's not spam. It, it's not just a sequential campaign. 
It's actually asynchronous. It it because there's inquiries about a product that you don't trigger on right away. You know, like I said, if I know that I've played a guitar for 10 hours a week, you know, at 100 hours, I really that's that is nothing that could be in three weeks, it could be in three months. So inquiring when that happens is not a standard campaign. You know, A goes to B, step one to step two to step three. And that's what's running up in the cloud and keeping track of, you know, each personal consumer, you know, each consumer or each customer and customer's needs. Kind of coming to a, a, a more open-ended question here of just looking ahead. What kind of futuristic technology do you see is, is coming to to this industry of, of, of both marketing, but post-sale customer-centric uh, focus? What do you see as far as the technology that could be coming and that you're excited about? I, I think that products are going to be smart and get smart. They're already smart, but they're getting smarter. And the, the, the technologies for IoT is getting so inexpensive that you can put a sensor on anything. And we think that's the wrong job as a standalone. Just putting sensors on things because you can is not the right job. But I think as you look ahead, every, every product will come with some sort of intelligence in it. And we, want, we believe we're the platform to tie that in that data and bring a lot of value for the entire life cycle of the product, whether it's a vacuum cleaner or, you know, uh, a new fish, you know, that you get, I mean, I, I've gotten home with my kids, put a fish on the table, you know, had a bowl. And then I say, no, what did they tell me to do? How, what's, how warm should the water be before I put the fish in the water? And yet if I'm successful at that hobby, Right. So I might buy another fish and then I need a bigger tank and then I need to, you know, I'm going to have like maybe salt water. And before you know it, I'm a big customer there. That's what this is all about. This is so we're so delighted to be helping the consumer have an awesome customer experience and the brand be be the power behind it. And we're the platform underneath the two of those. I appreciate the vision of of that, of uh, the. And both for the company being able to have that connection with their end customer, provide the value and get repeat business. But for a customer, as a consumer, uh, I could actually get the answers, the insight when I need it, uh, when when things come in. For for those uh, uh, that want to check more, the, the site, just so you know, is, is bluestream.io. And it looks like you can be able to, to book a demo. Is that a good first step for people to take? Absolutely. And it's blue without an E. So it's B-L-U stream, just to ah. clarify. Um, Kind of with the little dots, it's the blue stream uh, .io. So that's perfect. Thank you, Alex. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ken, for for sharing, taking us along this this journey, the insight and the focus that you have on post sale in the future of product companies be able to physical goods companies putting more emphasis after the sale, helping the customer. So thanks again, Ken, for your time, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Uptech Report. Have you seen a company using AI, machine learning, or other technology to transform the way we live, work, and do business? Go to uptechreport.com and let us know. Mm-hmm.